This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to another edition of Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS with my Laker teammates, NBA legends around the league. But today, it's one-on-one, all right? This is like on the schoolyard, you know, when, when guys want to play, you got to go, okay, I got one spot left. You two play one-on-one for the spot. So it's you and I today going one-on-one, and we're talking about the Lakers. As you see, I, I think I'm able to finally take you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I still hurt you, Ari. I'm old now. I play dirty. <laughs> I cut your Achilles. I elbow you, hit you in the throat, or something crazy like that. But it's, it's uh, I'm gonna call this Freaky Friday, okay, Ari? Because the Lakers are freaking me out, man. They are just killing me. Uh, they are just uh, a mess right now. <laughs> They're sitting at eight in the eighth spot at twenty-two and twenty-three. Can you believe that, man? I just thought so much of this team. But I'm not giving up on them yet. I still believe I'm going to stick with my statement that I said at the beginning of the season. Give them till after the All-Star break, and hopefully things will uh, wash itself out. Obviously, AD being hurt doesn't help. But the biggest issue that we have right now is Russell Westbrook and his antics. Um, you know, I... I, I um, I really feel for the young man. I, I, I like him. I think Russell was brought in to be not the first, second, but the third clog, uh, the third person that was going to get it done. And obviously with uh, LeBron missing games earlier, AD's been out now for a month or so. That pushes him up to number two. And I don't think he's set to fit that bill. As I told people, when they brought in Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony, They're bringing in players that doesn't understand how to win a championship. And I really do believe that they're starting to groove into that. But being cast in that first limelight and then all the limelight being put on Russell Westbrook, being here in Los Angeles, his hometown, has forced him to go back to his old ways. And to win championships, you have to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice part of your game. And that's something that he's not willing to do or can't do. And that's causing for all the chaos that's going on here now his benching in his last game against the Pacers, not being able to play. And one thing I want to talk about in a few seconds is about the Lakers' best defensive lineup. It's not Westbrook. Your thoughts? Westbrook is is such an interesting player and has been his career. He's such a good player. He's just athletically on another level and the power that he has. I mean, he's but this has kind of been his issue the his entire career. And this is the reason why such a good player has been in so many different places um, because they just can't figure it out with him. And, and look, I put some of this on LeBron in terms of leadership. Like there's a responsibility for LeBron to try to guide him. Now I, you know, I'm not there, so I don't know what LeBron is doing from a leadership perspective to try to change Westbrook, but this is the kind of player that they were getting. It was, it was on LeBron and, and the, the other leaders in the team, but I mean, don't you agree that you've got to get him to buy in early because this is who he's been in his career, a great player, but not a winner 
because he's just his own offensive ecosystem. You can't really scheme off of him because he's just a whirling dervish of craziness and you kind of take the good and the bad with it. That's how he's been his entire career. I think, I think LeBron has worked with him. I can see the change a little bit and it doesn't help that AD is out. I think that really throws a wrench in everything with him being out. I think Russell being that, that, uh, uh, superstar player that he has been in, and still is in the league to a certain extent. He sees that AD is out. LeBron needs help, but to win a championship, you don't have to take that burden on your shoulders and just go whirly dervish in there and try to win it all. No, you can't do that. That's where I think he has to understand what does it take to win a championship? It takes sacrifice. I have to sacrifice a little of my game and sometimes I have to sacrifice my offense, which he is not willing to do which is creating another problem because, and we talked about this before, I did not know he was not that good of a perimeter shooter. I did not know that. The only shot he has going for him now is that left side of the basket bank shot. And if he's missing that, then his whole game is going downhill because teams now are backing off of him and they're playing him for that drive and they're taking that away. And when he gets in there, now he's seeing a double, triple team, which is causing him more, uh, dilemmas because he's not able to score. So if he's not scoring transition, he really hurts you in the half court set. And sometimes Bob McAdoo used to tell me this, Coop, I may not be the best defensive player, but my offense is my defense. <laughs> so <laughs> what does that mean? I'm such a good offensive player that it doesn't matter that I don't I give it up at the other end. Cause I'm going to get it back at the other end. So <laughs> I think, he can't think that way anymore. So I think Russell needs to go back to that old school adjective that my high school coach used to tell me. Who play defense, be a good defensive player, stop people on defense, and that'll help create excitement on your offensive end. And he's not willing to do that because it's, he's not playing any defense. And that one play that was a, uh, typical of Westbrook all season, but it was really glaring, is when I forget the player that drove by him and he just kind of like, waved his hand as Chick Hearn would you say Matador defense and the guy goes down and scores and put you know the Pacers up by I think it was up by eight at that time that is unacceptable and that's what you can't have in great players you have to sacrifice something so he may have to sacrifice his offense and become a better defensive player by the way if if McAdoo were here he'd be screaming at you for comparing him to uh Westbrook <laughs> man I was a way down. better shooter and played score than him what are you what are you talking about, Coop? <laughs> well, with all this going on, the Lakers find themselves in the eighth spot, which is a very, very bad spot for them. Because, again, as you get closer to, they're more than halfway over the season now. But we're, we're hoping and praying that things go well to the All-Star break so that they can regather themselves. That is not a good place for the Lakers to be. That eighth or seventh spot is not good. Hey, Michael Cooper here. Bet online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop on mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus from basketball. Football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online 
where the game starts. That is not a good place for the Lakers to be. That eighth or seventh spot is not good. Russ, by the way, Russ is kind of like the anti Michael Cooper. Because Coop, you're the, like you're the ultimate buy-in guy. You know, you're the ultimate teammate, ultimate team player, leader, defensive stalwart. Like, does that tick you off? Does that piss you off to see what he's doing? It it makes me upset because I know that Russ has that in him. And again, it all goes back to understanding how to win a championship. And if you you buy into that and you buy into it early. I I did. I mean, went to the finals nine times. We won it five times. So at least you're getting there. You know, so uh, that's what it's about. And I think you hit it right. That's not buying in. It's it's great. That's the upsetting part is how do you not get a buy? Like, you just can't believe, you know, I've, I've watched league and covered league. You obviously are a prolific player in the history of the league. Um, like it just seems so simple, you know, like buy in, like I, it's so crazy to me that like he can't even do the first thing that he needs to do, which is just the most simple part. Just do you want to win a championship your entire career? You've been labeled as a, a guy that can't win or is a guy that is not part of winning teams because you don't have the winning culture. So do you care about that? Does that matter to you? That's going to have to because things are if, – if it don't turn around, I think, in the next three weeks or a month or after the All-Star break or before the trade deadline, I think something's going to happen. I think with Russ, I think part of his problem is being back here in L.A. and trying to show all his friends and family yeah. and everybody there that I'm still that guy. And to win a championship, again, you have to sacrifice. And usually the older players can do that. I think Michael Jordan, you got a chance to see him when his uh, athleticism was weighing down. Michael started counting on his teammates a little bit more, moving closer to the basket, posting up, became a very good post-up player. Same thing with Kobe. So I think Russ has to understand that. And you got to get out of that uh, that me, myself, and I attitude right now. And I think you get in because it's wearing on LeBron. You can see it on his face now when Russ do certain things uh, that yeah. – are detrimental to the team. LeBron kind of like gives that. And it, it's sad. It's sad because I really thought that bringing all those four guys here, Carmelo Anthony, and he, we're going to get on him next because he's the next one, um, was going to be this miraculous thing. Yes, I knew they were older players. Yes, uh, yeah, you can't do the things you used to do. But still, sometimes you give up that youthfulness, that athleticism that you possess when you're young. You give that up for maturity knowledge, wisdom, and hopefully that can get you over the hump to winning a championship. Um, do you want to get in Carmelo? Because the, the other, I want to, there's some of your former teammates got some, there's some drama here between your teammates. So what do you want to get into first? Carm- your Carmelo yeah, we can piece? do Carmelo. I think Carmelo, and I never say Carmelo's a quitter and I don't know what his injury is. And I hope it's not that bad, but the way he sits over there now, it's almost like he's kind of like, oh, here it goes again with every team I've been on, you know, going with the end of his career at in Denver and then transferring over to Portland. And he didn't get to start there. And I think he went down, but he kind of gathered himself. And Carmelo's a professional. But after a while, when things don't go well with the team, you can kind of see him just sitting back and just, and it's that same look he had in Portland. He has now early with the Lakers. And that's sad to see because I think Melo is the one player that can really still do what Bob McAdoo said. Because I think Carmelo's a tough guard, man. He can still score. Yeah. Not the he greatest shoot. player. He can still shoot. Yeah. He can still shoot. Not the greatest defensive player at the other end, but he still holds his own. I think he rebounds. And with his size, he boxes out well. But now 
he's not given that and he's not being counted on as a, a, a reckoning force on the offensive end. And whenever you get a little injury, you use that injury and just sit down and don't play basketball. And I, I, I hope that's not the case because uh, Carmelo's a good dude, man. I really like him and respect him a lot. But I can tell something's weird because I, I know that young man real well. I can see it on his face now. He sit there with his, his uh, fashionable hoodie on and things like that. And that doesn't sit well with me either. So <laughs> that's No, I mean, look, sometimes – you know, the, and obviously I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but like you, when you invite guys in your locker room, like Russell Westbrook and, and Carmelo Anthony, there, there's the chance that those guys buy in and they become Bob McAdoo is a great example. He was labeled as, you know, a guy that only wanted to score and was a loser his entire career. Right. And then he comes there and he buys in and he wants to win a champ. Like, I don't know if that's just a, a lack of pride thing for some of those guys. Um, those guys in particular, because those, they've had similar labels in their careers as well. Um, but like you, it, there's a lot on LeBron. I hate to continue to say like, it's on LeBron's leadership to do this, to get them to buy in, but it, it, it's just weird. It's like, why would you come here with the expectation being what it is playing with LeBron at this part of his career? where like the only thing you're going to do is win championships or trying to do like, well, I, I don't really understand what those two guys in particular expected, you know, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm i like you. Right? I, I, I do. When you come to L.A., L.A. is not a regular team organization. Right. LA, right. When you come to L.A., Boston, I think Golden State is establishing that rapport about this organization. Now, when you go to these organizations, it ain't about just competing. not about winning the Western Conference Championship. It's not about making it to the first round, second. It's about getting to the finals with an opportunity to win. And if you don't understand that, then you need to go and play for the other teams. But now all these other teams, Memphis, uh, 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 Minnesota, I really like them. Chicago, these teams are starting to reestablish themselves with younger players, and those younger players are learning how to get there. And once they get that taste in their mouth about this is what it takes to win a championship, they're not going to lose that taste. That's something that you want to have to do. So people coming into the organization going to have to buy in or get bought out. And I think that's what's getting ready to happen with the Lakers, unfortunately, trying to see down the road because they're going to have to make a move. And if they don't, then heads will roll and it'll start with Coach Vogels. Maybe even higher. It might go up up to the general manager. So okay, so that leads me to sort of the you know drama with your former teammates. So a um, couple of weeks. I saw more Magic after Magic uh, after the big ugly loss in Denver. Magic tweeted, uh, uh, "Jeannie Bus deserves more," which she does because her she's following her father's legacy and establishing what we have at the Lakers. And then LeBron coming back saying, "It's on me." Yes, I do. I haven't heard anything after that. Is there more after that? So Okay, so the full tweet from, from Magic, this was last Saturday. After being blown up by the Nuggets, 133-96, we as Lakers fans can't accept being outplayed, but we deserve more than a lack of effort and no sense of urgency. Owner Jeannie Buss, you deserve better. Good good tweet there from Magic. Damn good um, tweet. And I will tweet that, retweet it. I, I'm no, saying that again. Totally. I think that it's absolutely right. And I mean, you guys, you in particular, but the Showtime Lakers, like that's everything that they exemplified winning culture, effort, urgency. I mean, that's, that's Showtime. I'm respecting um, that Laker uniform, man, putting that on, respecting where you are. And you know what? Not going to win every game, but you damn sure better play hard every game. You better do what it takes to win every game, dive on the floor. And you don't see that. So one of the, so Kurt Rambis is kind of taking on more of a, 
larger role. And I'm not even sure if you're even sure what his actual role is, <laughs> but he started to sit on, on, on Frank Vogel's meetings now, coaching meetings. Um, I think he, I'd imagine he has an idea of how he thinks they should be playing. That's a weird dynamic, isn't it? Well, I, again, I think Kurt was brought in more uh, just kind of like to oversee things and kind of make sure the ship is righted and didn't really have too much of a say-so the last couple of years. But again, Kurt has won championships. Kurt knows what it's about. His wife is up there in the hierarchy. So Linda, she's uh, definitely has her fingerprints on what's going on with the Laker map. And I think with Kurt standing in there and, and, and yeah, so that's why I said things are getting ready to change now because it's an emergency time. This team wasn't built to be a 500, a, net, a minus 500 team. This was supposed to be a five, 500, 600 team. We knew there was going to be some struggles because again, AD is always injured. That's his career profile. LeBron's going to load management, set out some games. So it was going to be a struggle, but to be at the bottom of the list and possibly going to sink even lower because they're on a tough road trip now, uh, going into the all-star break, it's going to be hard. So yeah, uh, things are changing and people, are, people are assuming different roles now. Mm. Um, did, and then on this front, um, did you see or hear what, what Charles Barkley had to say on TNT about this? No, I did not. Okay, so um, here's Barkley on the Lakers' current situation. This was um, on TNT's Inside the NBA um, on Thursday night. Hey, Michael Cooper here, former Los Angeles Laker player. These days, it can be hard to find and hire the right candidates for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs made it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. LinkedIn is where I go for networking, and so it makes perfect sense as the place to go for hiring. Create a free job posting minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network, over 77 million people. Focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience and use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified. Then use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 4 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash showtime. That's linkedin.com slash showtime to post your job for free. Here's Barkley on the Lakers' current situation. This was um, on TNT's Inside the NBA um, on Thursday night. I just want to say, I, I, you know, so I never root, I don't, because I don't care who wins. I mean, I just want the season to be over so we can go play golf and fish. All right, let's. Uh... But I root. I, the Lakers are such wussies, and I only say wussies because I can't say the word I want to no, say. I know the way they have tried to throw Russell Westbrook. And Frank Vogel under the bus is just really pissing me off. And I got to tell you something. Oh, no. Hey, you know, we've got a, we've got a guest standing by. Well, the Lakers still suck when we get back from his interview. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> well, no, he was playing. I'm still mad. Now, listen, I'm not going to sit down like all these clowns on other networks got okay. their head up the Lakers' booties. Now, they're blaming Frank Vogel and Russell Westbrook. Listen, the people up top who put that trash together are running and hiding like cowards, saying, oh, it's Frank, it's Russ. You put all them old geezers out there. Listen, the best guy other than LeBron 
in the last month has been who? Stanley Johnson. Yeah. And for y'all to be bringing a guy who was on the street and he becomes your second best player and the, the general, whoever running that trash out there getting away, uh, it's ridiculous, man. I just want to. <laughs> he was so. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I, one I have to agree with Charles. I have to agree. I think Rob Palenka now, I think Jeannie. And Jeannie's not running and hiding from this. But, again, her job is to oversee, like her father. Her father oversees it. And she stays out of the way. And she lets the general manager. When Dr. Buss was here, he let Jerry West do his thing. Obviously, they got to report to him. And then it rolls. And that's Rob Palenka. And, again, when they put this team together, I really, really thought that it could be something special. Because, again, you had two players, Mello and Westbrook, at the end of their career, and okay, I've won all the individual accolades. Let me see what it feels like to, to be part of a team and a real team and win a championship. But again, Charles, people can be put out there, and yes, those guys were older players, but they have to buy in. Frank Vogel, I think, uh, you know, the COVID has really, really distorted the whole NBA in itself. And again, the teams that have survived it, Phoenix, Golden State, just to name a two, and Memphis, you still, it, it's, it's just throwing a loop in everything. So players are missing and, and oh, totally rotations and rhythm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. all off. So did the Lakers get off to a good start? I don't really think so. But again, we knew that was going to happen, but understanding what Charles is. Yeah. Players have to be held accountable. Yes. Westbrook. Yeah. Should be held accountable. This guy throws the ball away. Can't shoot a jump shot. Not buying in. Coach Vogel been in and out and it's hard to have some consistency with your coaching staff and then putting that forward to the team. So I, I, I like a lot of things Charles has said, but I do disagree because you got to remember Charles ain't never won a championship either. So he don't know what it's like. And again, for him to make his statement, that's his own opinions. I respect his opinion because he's one hell of a player that's ever played in this league. But to say that Westbrook and Vogel are not, shouldn't be held accountable, I think that's wrong. Because, again, everybody should be held. Yeah, okay, Rob Palenka, you've you got to put your head out there now and start talking about it. And the others. I do feel that the Laker hierarchy, not running and hiding, but, again, is still letting this play itself out. And I think Rob, Jeannie, Kurt Rambis, and all the people up above that, uh, are just sitting and watching and waiting to see because the players have to be held accountable and the coach has to be held accountable. But again, like we just talked about COVID going around, has he really thrown a wrench in the Lakers' um, procession of trying to build a championship team? And it's been hard and it's been ugly to watch. But like I said, me, former Laker, I'm a diehard Laker, got my Laker shirt on. I'm not running and hiding. I believe, and I, I will stick with what I said, I'm going to wait till after the All-Star break before I really – and even if they sink, I'm going to go down with the ship, but it's going to be you hard will. for me you know not to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, look, so I think there's a couple things that Barkley said there. Like, number one, Barkley's mad at a, a television network, and we can all figure out who he's talking about. That's not TNT, obviously. That is basically used – you know, pumping up the Lakers because it benefits them from doing so. And then basically using Vogel and Westbrook as, as, as you know, as, as the scapegoats. Right. So that's, that's part of this. He like Barkley's just mad about turning the TV on and seeing that and not giving the full context, the Lakers, nobody's any control over that. 
the other the other part to this is the Vogel thing, and that is, I mean, coaches, whether justified or not, bear the responsibility when things go south. Yeah, they do. They, and, and you know what? It's, it's unfortunate, and it's sad that that's the way it is. But, yeah, they're the ones coaching the team. you got to put a product out there that the fans enjoy. you got to put a product out there, and guys understand what they're doing, your philosophy on offense, your philosophy on defense. And when that's, not, when that's misconnecting, yeah, it's you. It's the coach that gets blamed for it. So I, you know, yeah, that's that's unfortunate, but it's true. And Frank knows that being in Indiana and other places he's been around. And it's just that the spotlight is a little hotter, a little brighter in Los Angeles and in Boston. Very true, and and definitely for Lakers too. I mean, you, the Dallas Cowboys, Los Angeles Lakers, New York Yankees. I mean, those, those are you know those are your premier franchises in all of sports in the world. Now, let me, with all that being said, Coop, all that being said, they still have LeBron, right? Like LeBron's still in the Lakers. Yeah. He's still really good. Last I checked, still playing really good. He holds his own for a guy that's plus 30, uh, over 35. He's played like, I don't know, two Michael Cooper careers throughout the playoffs, you know, whether it be the playoffs and the regular. (laughs) I mean, holy cow, he's played a lot of games and minutes to include the playoffs. If Anthony Davis can just get healthy, like, honestly, if you, you just like Westbrook can pay him, even if you can't trade him, just like pay him to go away. Mallow the same thing. Like, I, I'll still take those two. If they, if Anthony Davis can stay healthy, I'll still take those two. As bad as it looks, like they, those two with a bunch of role players can figure this thing out, Coop. I do I believe, believe it. I, I'm with you. And I think you got some young players like Monk is coming into his own, still kind of erratic and he's making mistakes because he's learning how to do this. I think you got Bradley, Avery Bradley still. A I'm still waiting to see uh, Kendrick Nunn come and play. I think he's going to add a different dimension to them. But again, it's all about injuries. Obviously, the Lakers are, are bombarded with a lot of injuries. And when you have your, one of your key, key people, AD, being injured, but again, his injuries are freakish and real unfortunate. You know, you just got go ahead and roll with it. But I'm with you. I'm going to stay with the Lakers. I don't like what I see, but I'm accepting of it because that's the nature of this game. We went through it uh, after the 80s. We went through a little slide. Nick Van Exel, Eddie Jones, that period. Then we brought in Shaq and Kobe, and they blew us out of the water. And then Shaq leaves, and then we kind of go through it. And that's where we are right now is kind of finding our way through this because we brought in LeBron and AD. They get the championship done. So I'm on. How you going to do Nick and Knight and Eddie Jones like that? Well, I was coaching that team, and that team never bought in uh, with they, um, uh, who was it called? Dale. Um, oh, um, uh, the coach. Uh, um, oh, I forget his name right now, but he was really trying to work with that team. Nick Van Exel, Eddie Jones, Eldon Campbell. I thought we had a good mix right there, and Nick was so defiant all the time uh, that it just really never panned out the way it should have. Dale Harris. That was the period that Dale Harris, yeah, he had to go through that. And right then at the end, when it looked like the bottom was about to fall out, we, you know, the Lakers, Jerry West pulls a miracle out of the hat with Kobe Bryant. And even Kobe couldn't help that as they did their slide and their wiggle worm until Dale left. And then you bring in some more players and Shaq comes and then the whole thing turns around. So I think what you're seeing is that point of time. You kind of want to deny it, but again, it's happening. Well, and this is, you know, this is what makes the NBA so compelling. There's, it's a talent-driven league, but, you know, as you know, Coop, it's about the egos and, and the locker room and 
like that, you know, you can have a ridiculously talented team, but if they're, if the egos aren't working, you know, and, and egos clash, I mean, that's, I'd say a, a coach in the NBA probably more responsible for getting buy-in and egos to, to work together more than anything else, you know, schematics be damned. Yeah. You have a coach that understands the mentality of how to get like guys to defer egos and buy in, then you've got a great coach and that's a really difficult thing to do. And then it helps when you star player like LeBron is able to help those guys with the transition coming from bad teams to a good team and help them understand what it takes like, but are enough with the Lakers right now? I'd like to switch to one more little thing before we go. And that is, I was, uh, uh, my wife was showing me something. I'm not big on, on Instagram and all that, that internet stuff and, and social media <laughs> stuff, but she showed me that Michael but, but people Cooper, that are listening to this Cooper Coop does not do He just, he doesn't do any of his Twitter. He doesn't do any of it. You know, he, he's. I comment when Twitter, I, my wife, I asked me, but I don't do it. Uh, right. Say, what do you want to say? So I give it to her. But yeah, no, it's, I, it's Coop's words. He's just not doing it. Exactly. But she came across something that just really made my life happy. And right now I need anything to make me happy the way the Lakers are playing. And I think all of us need that. So I'm going to pass this little bit of happiness to our listeners out there. All right. I made the all-time Laker assist list. The top 10 Laker assists of all time. And the number one player is Magic. The number two player is Kobe. The number three was Jerry West. Number four was Norm Nixon. And number five was your boy, Michael Cooper. I got, I ran around the house. I wasn't naked. I had my shorts on. But I ran around the house and I was yelling and stuff. Number six is Kareem. Number seven is Elgin Baylor. Number eight is Gail Goodrich. Wait, number, you didn't know this? I did not know this. And number nine is James Worthy. And number 10 is Peyton I was so elated about this. And I was watching the game. It's a patient game. I was watching it and I just got excited. Well, right after the game, and I was kind of sad. And then my wife showed me that. I got excited again. There you is probably on multiple lit. Like, you're, aren't you on like their all time steals list? I mean, what do you, what do you, like, these are, th- I don't look at that stuff because I don't go online. Look, you at didn't Google know that it. you were fifth of the all time Lakers assist numbers? Yes, number five. All right, that is, that is something special, man. I know it's, I it's, really yeah. it's, it's incredible. When you first brought it up, I was like, what do you mean? It's a number. Like you, there's, you just go look like, how do you mean you, like, I, I think you're saying know. like they, they made a list of like the great passers, you know, in, in like Lakers history and you were on it. No, no, yeah, like, man. Number five, I, I moved into the starting lineup. I was a six player, six man with the Lakers and I moved into the starting lineup. Number five. I, I, I was excited about that. I never, never, I can't I wait mean, till this come out for all time. Magic, <laughs> Kobe, the logo. Norm Nixon and you and Cooper Luke. Chick Hearn would just, I wonder what he would say. Uh, Wait, the funniest thing is you're only ahead of Kareem by six. As a numbers, and I don't care. Oh, no, 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 14. My, my position, I don't care. And see, Kareem will never pass me because he'll never play again. So, and, and you've got 3,666. So you got the devil too. You're stuck oh on the devil. You got to return and get one more. Listen, I watched Magic in practice and in games, man. I knew how to pass. I, I always tell people I was the second best passer in Laker history. Not the second. Coop, you're number five. So I'm okay with that, man. So, okay. So you're, were you a combo guard then? Was that what you? 
Well, I came in as a small forward to play behind Jamal Wilkes. That was my position when I first joined the Lakers in 1980. Well, 79, I was hurt. Right. But I was coming in to, replay, to, to give Jamal a breather. Then they got rid of Norm, so I, they moved me over to play behind as a shooting guard, uh, you know, to be out there with Magic because it made us a little taller. And then when Magic, well, when they brought in, who they bring in, Butch Lee or somebody like that to come in behind Magic, he wasn't a good point guard because Butch was more of a scoring guard. Then they said, okay, Cooper, we're going to move you over and you play behind Magic. And Pat Riley made that adjustment. He was like, Cooper, you know what? I'm going to move you over here, but I'm going to still use you at the three spots. So that means you'll be on the court a lot. So I worked on my ball handling skills a little bit more, started watching Magic, started trying to make some of the passes that he did in practice to the guys. And again, it's not hard to throw to Kareem because Kareem got a hand up there. You just lob it up there. So, but them other passes to Worthy, Silk, I could never make those passes, but I was able to get the ball there. So did, you, did Kareem get pissed if you give him a bounce pass? Oh, yeah, he did that one time. <laughs> True story. True story, all right. I gave him a bounce pass in practice one day. As I was throwing it in there, Kareem kicked the ball. Don't throw me no motherfucking bounce passes. Throw the ball. <laughs> and it scared me so bad. This is like my fourth year in the league. It scared me so bad. I, I never, ever threw another bounce pass to Kareem. <laughs> This is in practice. We're practicing. So I thought, I thought a really nice bounce pass. He kicked the fucking ball all the way over to the other side of the court. You were at Loyola Marymount. They got two courts on the other side. He kicked it all the way over there. Cooper, don't throw me no fucking bounce pass. Throw the ball in the air. That goes back from when he was playing with Wooden because Wooden wouldn't allow players to throw him bounce passes. So, you know, as fundamental as Wooden was, he was, you weren't allowed to throw a post player a bounce pass unless he's shorter. If they're taller, you have to throw it in the air. But like if Magic or somebody like that, Norm Nixon is posting up, then you can give them a little bounce pass. But that- <laughs> you're just not going to take, if you throw it high, like there's, Cream's like, I'm seven foot fucking six, dude. Exactly. Like, nobody's throwing a fucking ball around my knees, man. <laughs> That's amazing. So, there you have it. We're going to end on that note, all right? Because it's always nice to end when you're talking about the Lakers. Wait, hold high. on one second, though. One second. <laughs> so you were, it's funny, it's funny, though, because we hear all the time now, like, they play positionless basketball. The modern NBA is positionless basketball. And so what you're saying, Coop, is you played positionless basketball in the Showtime Lakers, right? Like that's, that's what you're saying. You played a bunch right. of, you, a lot of teams were rigid and this is our one, this is our two, you know, blah, 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 blah. But now teams, everybody, you know, if you're five, you might play the one. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of fives are handling the ball. Now LeBron handles the ball, whatever, you know, he plays the five a ton. It's playing, been playing the five a ton. So you were, I mean, I don't know how much it was going on in the league before you, you know, you came around, but was that stuff happening? Like, cause what you're describing is, you know, you're playing one, two, three. I mean, I, you came in as a three, you ended up at, fifth in the all-time assist numbers for the Lakers? Is that, was that back common? Back up point guard. And that's a great uh, uh, note that you made there, Art. Right now, when I work with young kids in AAU basketball, and I had this one kid, uh, I'm not going to mention his name, but he was kind of a big kid for them. This was like four years ago. And he kept telling me, Coach, you got to teach me how to be a guard. And I was telling him, I said, son, listen, I'm going to teach you how to be a basketball player. Okay, I'm going to teach you how to do it, you know, to play. It, right. The height will determine what position you play. And I guess he wasn't getting it, but the kid ended up leaving my program. Now, all the kids he came in there, my son included, all of them have exploded now since then. And this kid is left behind now. And now he, you know, he, he it was upset about it. 
So what I say about kids and teaching high school, college, learn how to be a basketball player. Your height will determine what position you play. Yeah, on your skill set. So if you get all that skill set and, and learn how to play, and that's what I'm talking about, be fundamentally sound, no good defense, no ball handling, know how to box out, know how to post up. Some some guards don't want to post up. Why don't you want to post up? And like, my son, dad, why am I? Cause you need to know how to post up, dude. Right. Right now you're house house. six feet That's tall. Why. In four years, you might be six or less, seven feet tall. And you got to learn how to post up. So right. that was the thing that I learned in high school from my high school coach, uh, George Turner. He passed away about three years. He taught me how to be a basketball player. And that was very, very important. And that's what I respect and appreciate so much about Kareem because at Power Memorial, then going to UCLA, Kareem was taught how to be a basketball player. And that fact that he kicked the ball out of there, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a sign of being a basketball player. Good basketball players know who to throw it to and how to throw it to people in the post. So, uh, yeah, it was a great story. But that was what happened to me. Came in the league as a small forward. Went out of the league as a backup point guard, but yet I was able to play all three of those positions and sometimes a four. When we went to our small lineup, I was a four player sometimes, depending on who we were playing. And and look, I get dunks and threes important, but like also like score scoring's important. So scoring from anywhere on the floor is important. So like to your son and you know, it's like we watched so many great guards that were like great post players. Or for like you're six four, six five, six six, and you get a six foot guy in you, mouse in the house, right? Like five yeah. eleven, like yeah. get down to the block and go. I don't. It's not. It, it can't always just be about threes and 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 dunks and layups, right? I mean, and you it's, know what, Ari? Also, the the old art of setting a pick, like a cross pick on a big. Kids don't understand how important that is. And now you watch the NBA, and you'll see a guy, and all of a sudden oh. the referee's pointing the other way as a legal pick. There are things that you have to learn, and all of that goes with learning how to be a basketball player. And that is important to me. And that's what I try to teach. But yeah, I mean, just to see those type of players. And I think we were the first ones until Detroit came a little bit later. And then Detroit started using that three guard rotation where Vinny would come in as a point guard. And next thing you know, by the fourth quarter, Vinny's at the small forward position, posting you up and still scoring. So those are some of the nuances that I think that kids have a tendency to forget. And they need to learn how to do it so you can become that player. And if God, the basketball guys, leads your path to the NBA, you'll know how to play. And it's not about just being in the NBA. It's about staying in the NBA. And people that stay in the NBA, sometimes you'll get a specialist that can do nothing but shoot, Bob McAdoo. (laughs) And then you get like a journeyman, Kurt Rambis, because he understands how to play the game is there for 13, 14, 15 years. And that's the fun part about this game to me. Man, I can talk basketball with you for days. All right, I got basketball. some more stories. And like, you brought that one out of me to Kareem. I totally forgot about that one. But <laughs> the ball, the ball. my memory fade hey, comes and goes. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. <laughs> oh, I never threw it to him again. Because I knew if that were to happen, I wasn't going to play anymore. <laughs> right. I played with fist up. This stuff was to get to this picture here. Get the ball to Kareem so he can throw that sky hook on your ass. <laughs> it's funny you even needed like a side for it. You know, like Riley should just be like, yeah, throw it to Kareem. <laughs> like it wouldn't would have made a difference. <laughs> Our call was this for Kareem. When we want to go into Kareem, it wasn't no five up, five down. It was this stuff. And we everybody in the arena 
already knew where we were going. When we put our fist up, we knew where we were going. And so there wasn't nothing you could do. You couldn't front the guy. You had to play behind him. And when he got it, Chris was such a prolific passer that he didn't care because he was double teamed and he was going to drop it off to somebody else. So that's Laker well, basketball. He was a good passer, not as good as you, though. Oh, that, that, <laughs> that's right, baby. Number five on the list. And then 14 more. 14 more in his career. <laughs> Well, Ari, I'll tell you, we, uh, we have to laugh about this because we would be crying if this was not. Uh, I'm glad you brought this up to live in the show because you're right. It was a depressing <laughs> first 15 minutes, and now this has become a really fun show. Good work, Coop. Hey, it's you know what? Lakers, well, I'm not going to say they win the championship. I'm going to put myself way out there, but well, the Lakers hey, are going to do better. All-star break? Do we, we don't have, All-star break? They get Anthony Davis healthy and consistent. Lakers and- go win the championship. I'm going to put it <laughs> out there. All right, great show, man. Thank you, sir. That's it for another edition of Showtime with Coop. And uh, insightful BS with my boy Ari today. A-T-R-A-T-A-T in the house. (laughs) Bye. See you, brother.